Hello and welcome to Animation Meditation, a semi-weekly deep dive conversation on all things animation. My name is Andy. I'll be your host for tonight. Uh, with me, as always, my lovely co-host, Nadia. Hello. How are you doing, Nadia? I am doing just as well as I always am, but I did just receive a sweater in the mail with cows on it, so probably slightly better. Ah. Uh. Yep. It's been a thrilling weekend. <laughs> that does sound like a good way to brighten up your day. Yeah, how are you? I'm doing all right. I uh, I had some urgent for some biscuits and gravy, so I went out of my Ooh. way to make myself some biscuits and gravy, and now I am content. Heck yeah. So we got a cow sweater, and we got biscuits and gravy, and pretty much it's been a wholesome weekend. Oh, yes. There's a little Japanese bakery, like, eight minutes from my house. Oh. And, and they do, like, Miyazaki-themed pastries. So I've got a little soot right next to me, and it's just, it looks so good. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard, and I'm really jealous. Good. That sounds amazing. Well, anyway. On a less wholesome <laughs> note, <laughs> we'll be talking about Bojack Horseman today. Yes, in, in the first part of what is probably going to be somewhere in the range of a six to seven part series. Yes, because I can only watch one <laughs> season of this show at a time in very limited bites. Uh, just as a disclaimer going into our show today, uh, this is a show that is marketed toward a much more adult audience. Nadia and I are generally refrained with our language uh and given the nature of the show we will probably not be as much as we normally are finally i can take off my i don't know baseball cap and put on my sailor's hat cuss yeah i love cussing like the, like the seaman i was born to be going back to my roots <laughs> all right uh, Bojack follows the story of Bojack Horseman, a washed-up actor from a 90s sitcom who is just trying to make his way through life as well as he can. It's a very kind way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> Nadia, what, um, I know I was one of the ones to push you into watching this, but how, what has been your experiences with the, the Bojack Horseman property? And your first sure. impressions of the show. Um, so this was something that some of my friends watched in college. And I, you know, would pop in from time to time and they'd be watching it over meal. And I'd be like, oh, cool. Let's, I'm gonna sit down and join you and do the things that friends do. And I'd watch a little bit of it. And I, I just, I just hated it. <laughs> I remember like trying to get through a single episode and I have no idea what it was about. I have no idea what happened, but I just remember being like, Wow. I hate this show, and I never watched it ever again. Um, and I, I like know it is a good show. You've said that many times. I have other friends who have, you know, said that it that it's really well crafted, that it deals with really important issues and all that stuff. But just like as somebody who has before very, very much said that I like to watch lighter, like children's happy shows, this is this is far out of my comfort zone. Um, yes, and so I think I think knowing you going into a lot of the episodes that you could have potentially seen in this show, they would not have come across as good in any regard because you didn't have the emotional investment in the characters. 
Yeah, and again, stuff was out of context, so I pretty much was just like, I'm watching a show with horrible people being horrible to one another and, like, making bad decisions, and it was too much for me. And this is coming from the person who, like, doesn't like watching the movie Magic Mike because people make bad decisions and are not nice to one another. <laughs> so, so like, that's where I'm at in terms of what what level I can handle. I've seen that movie a couple of times. I had to watch it at a film class in college. And every time I was like, this is just, like, this movie just makes me sad. And I went into it being like, heck yeah, male strippers. And I, I hated it because <laughs> people aren't nice to each other the way that I want them to be. Um, so I have, a, I have a tough time with that. Um, I also just like do not like when people throw up like it is it, it is I hate it so much and like it happens quite often in the show people are partying a lot people are drunk a lot it's just a thing that that crops up and I, I like usually I'm like if somebody's gonna throw up in a show I'm probably not gonna watch it like this is so like I have friends when I'm watching shows with them who will like send me timestamps of when people are gonna throw up so that I can avoid, like, skip ahead those timestamps. Would like, you like me to start sending that. you some timestamps? I have gotten pretty good at, like, watching this show while listening very carefully, but not always looking at the screen, especially when there's a party scene. So I'm getting good at it. But if there's ever a really bad one, yes, dear God, please. <laughs> like, if there's if there's ever a moment where it's, like, a minute, or, like, you, like, see more than just, like, yes, dear God. Please send it to me because I will 100% skip it. Okay, okay, I do. I do um, want to. I do want to say one thing. Yeah. Um, the gross-out humor and the more gore-ish humor gets toned down significantly in the later seasons of this show. Okay, that's good. It's um. I think the first few episodes are very reminiscent of Family Guy, a show that has mm. multiple jokes that are literally just a character throwing up for. No exaggeration, a minute and a half. Yeah. And I don't think that that's representative of what Bojack Horseman is. Yeah, I don't. I think it was just like, without knowing much about the show, it was an immediate turnoff for me. And it was something where I was like, why would I want to do this with the limited context that I have? Where I'm like, I'm seeing people be mean, and I am seeing people throw up, and I am seeing like this depressing representation of adulthood where everybody is kind of spiraling into their own oblivion without being able to build any meaningful connections and it was like too devastating for me to handle um so I didn't watch much of it in college I didn't watch any of it out of college I had no intention of watching it I have very actively told people that I hate the show even though I've barely seen any of it and until you mentioned that you really wanted to record something on it I was like okay I'll give it a chance um so I will admit that I, I did enjoy the first season more than I thought I would. I definitely would not have made it through without needing to. Like, it's probably a show where I would have maybe watched a few episodes and been like, well, I gave it a shot. That's enough. Um, but I will say that it did grow on me in a way that I wasn't expecting. I still have a lot of issues with it that are pretty personal to just my, my own taste. Um, but I was impressed with more of the show than I expected, particularly the theme song. I am an incredibly judgmental person when it comes to a show's theme song. And I must say, the Bojack theme song is fantastic. Like, the music is really good. The filming of it is really good. The, like, animation and the movements and sort of, like, the, the overall feel that it gives you is so perfect for the show. So when I did hear the theme song for the first time, I paused for a minute and I was like, you know what? Maybe the show is better than I thought it would. And that did set the stage for a much more sort of clear-headed viewing than I was expecting. 
So I was very proud of that. Good job, show. Yes, I think the theme song is easily one of the things that also turned me onto the show. There's so much attention to detail in the the actual opening video for the show. You can see that whenever Bojack's house is trashed, his house and the theme song is trashed. Whenever somebody's not in the house for any amount of time, they're no longer in the opening theme. Uh, when Bojack burns the ottoman, that ottoman stays burnt in the theme song and throughout the, the show. There's a lot of attention to detail and a lot of attention to continuity that this show puts in, and it's genuinely amazing. Yeah, I was super impressed with that. I did feel particularly called out in like the first episode when they're talking about sitcoms, and Bojack is like, well, why would people ever want to watch a show of people who... Like, where good stuff doesn't happen. All anyone wants out of TV is just to watch a nice family do nice things and, like, be happy. And I was like, wow, I feel I feel targeted because, yep, <laughs> like, that's, that's all I want when I watch TV um, in many ways. And this show is, like, the opposite of that, and that's the total point. But it made me, it made me giggle a little bit and kind of give it a little bit more time and energy than I think I otherwise would have. So I was like, okay, they're very obviously self-aware of what they are, are doing here. And I do respect that. So while yeah, I am I a think... little bit apprehensive and a little bit angry that I have to say this, I do see more value in the show than I than I thought I would. Yes, I I think that without context, this show does come off of just horrible people doing horrible things. And I absolutely see where you would not enjoy that. I still think that that is a little bit of what it is. But, I think... But I do see there's more. There is a running theme, and you do see a bit of it in season one, of this is a show of horrible people trying their best to better themselves, but not knowing how to do that, and not having the tools to be able to do that. Yeah, which is why I think it's hard for me to watch, because I... I really look for growth in shows and I and there 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 is some here but I feel like it's more of like a cyclical growth where where you know every step that is made forward a step is then later made back so rather than moving in a straight trajectory forward there's sort of this this back and forth cycle that is hard it's really hard for me to see characters like regress um and it's totally valid. Like, I understand that in, in life, we don't all just move forward with this, like, perfect momentum where we are constantly becoming better people. Like, I, I, I know that that's not how it works. But it's, it's just, like, so hard to see people being bad to one another. It just makes, like, it, it makes me so sad. And it doesn't even have to be, like, an intentional thing. It can literally just be a mistake. But when that mistake is so detrimental not just to the person who's made it, but to the people around them. It's like, it's just, it's actively hard for me to watch. And I, I like get that that is the way that the world works again. Like it's, it's this hard thing because on the one hand, I'm like, this is, it's great that we have this show that does represent this, right? That, that shows the struggle of growing and how people aren't always able to do it the way that they need to. And it, it gives this nuanced of what holds people back in many ways. And I think that for a lot of people, that's probably really, really validating and, Adulthood is hard, but also it still makes me sad when I watch it at the end of the day, which I have a hard time with. That's fair. And that, that's one of the reasons why I, I would not ask you to 
binge through this series. I know that it can be extremely emotionally draining, and it's not... It, it's a story that is worth consuming, but I would not wish that anyone consume this all at once. Yeah, I think the pacing was definitely good. I was able to watch, like, an episode a day, or, like, sometimes I'd skip a day and I'd watch, like, a couple, and that worked well. I also was always able to... I always gave time to watch an episode of The Sweet Life on Deck after watching BoJack, so I was able to snap right back into that fun-loving mood and just watch teens running around on boats, which was a good balance. Um, But, yeah, I think that, like, I, I am... I am surprised and I am glad that I watched it and I am kind of weirdly excited to watch more of it. I genuinely wasn't expecting that, but after I finished the last episode, I almost started watching the second season and I was like, no, I'm going to wait because I probably wouldn't have the energy to watch it a second time and I know that we're going to record on it, so I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I, I definitely didn't even think that I would consider it, so that fact alone is like says a lot, I think. Um, and it's always kind of exciting. Like, it's it's exciting being wrong about something, and it's exciting seeing more value in something than you thought. Um, so I think that was a valuable experience for me, just watching this for the first time. And I can, I can understand why people like it a lot. I do not find it funny. At, well, I find some of it funny. I do not find any of it, like, laugh out loud funny. And I remember when people were watching it in school, like, it did make people laugh out loud, which I... And like you know, they were probably they were watching other seasons. So I have no idea, but like I, it is it is it, it's a humorous show. I do not think it's a funny show. I don't even know if there's a distinction between the two. Does that make any sense at all? I I think I get where you're coming from. I I think what you're saying is like BoJack Horseman is not a comedy. It is a drama with funny elements. Is that is that a correct yeah. analysis of what you're saying? Yeah, and the funny elements more made me go like, huh, that's funny, as opposed to like actively laughing. So it was, like, a noting of humor, but not, like, the, like, like laughing response to the humor. No, that's absolutely fair. And I do I do have some things to say in regards to that, but I, I think there are things that I would like to wait until the spoiler section to yeah. really delve into. BoJack Horseman is a show that I personally had followed from its release in season one. I know it is a show that has actively pioneered the concept of adults oriented shows do not need to be live action you can tell dramatic real and heartbreaking stories through an animated medium and people will still take you seriously even if random people are animals mm-hmm. which we will talk about <laughs> that i've overlooked that andy don't you No, and i think i think Anyway, no, we, we will talk about that. I remember watching BoJack Horseman season one for the first time and not really thinking much of it. I think the, the beginning of it made me feel like, oh, this is a adult swim family-like clone that's just going to run in the background and I'm not really going to pay attention to it, but it will just be like colorful haha gags just in the background as I do other things. And I think it wasn't until about halfway through where they started telling like genuine stories that made you connect with these characters and made you really feel for who these characters were where I realized that this show was possibly actually worth watching. I don't think I ever fully broke out of this as a Family Guy clone until 
later into, I think, season two or three. But I, I think there are a few episodes in season one that are representative of what this show does become and just how powerful these stories can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you would you like to give me your, your thoughts on, on this in terms of why they are animals? Okay, so here's, here's, here's my conundrum. When we were watching and discussing Cars 3 and the larger Cars franchise, you seem to have a pretty big problem with the fact that why are they Cars? It has no relevance to the story, it is never explained, it doesn't matter, and you didn't like that. So I am curious why you don't have that issue here, because they are all weird humanoid animals, and it is, and I don't know if this is something that they get into later, but it is never discussed why. It is, this is like clearly a, like there are celebrities within this world that are celebrities within the real world. Like it is, it is this sort of weird alternate reality, but it is never discussed why they are animals. And it does not, I don't think, have relevance to the story the way that you argued that like Toy Story does with them being toys. So why are you okay with this, Andy? Why? Huh? Why this and not cars? (laughs) Uh, So... Correction, I did not say that about Cars 3. I said that about Cars 1. I do think that Cars 3 makes a very good argument as to why they are Cars. It is relevant to the story there. So are you okay with it in BoJack? I I think that in the beginning and in its essence, the individuals who are animals in this world is much more of a statement of we can tell good stories while having these ridiculous premises later on in the show cars one and again i don't think that's not my only issue with cars i know i just like you i just like to poke fun no i know that's all i know i I just like that you know and no you're right that is somewhat problematic that is definitely one of the more problematic issues with season one of bojack horseman i do think that they do a very good job of world building and creating conflicts that are specific to how these animals are represented in this show and i know that season one does not have a whole lot of good examples outside of maybe a few gags Mm -hmm. but that is something that is built upon is that what you're uh there there are hints of it throughout um I know there's one episode that sticks out very clearly in my mind in terms of how meat is prepared in this world that is, like, specific specific conflict that could not happen if the individuals in this world were not at random animals. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, like, the, the, the show writers for this show put enough attention to detail that I'm sure that if I were to try to deep dive into it and really come up with an argument, I could absolutely make multiple connections to these animals and literary works outside of the outside of bojack horseman Mm, and like how the animals that they are represented by connect to the fact that bojack horseman is a horse and he looks up to secretariat analyze that so i guess like the cars franchise (laughs) this, this show starts off without like a you're like well why but then it builds off of it to make it relevant. You know, we really have to talk about cars at some point. Because I have... There there are multiple issues with cars, and the fact that Cars 1 does not justify that they are the cars for a reason is not my only concern with that film. Nor do I think that that premise makes or breaks 
a show or a movie. It is definitely a knock at season one, though. I, I do think that that is um, that that is a good and valid criticism of season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think because like I and like by all means, the only reason why I'm bringing this up is because I'm a bitch and I like to like nitpick at things that you've said before because that's who I am. Like I am all for animals, like humanoid animals in clothes. I am a fucking <laughs> sucker for it. I love it so much. So this is. Like, by all means, not something where I'm like, I hate the show, they're animals. Um, I, I am curious to see how it becomes more relevant, because I think that's interesting. And I also do think that it is a base for a lot of good humor within the show. Like, they have a lot of animals who whose names are, like, puns. Like, they have Quentin Tarantulatino, who is a tarantula, and is Quentin Tarantino. Um, there's, like, a moment when uh, Bojack's agent, like, her hold music, and she's a cat, is like the Jellicle Cat song, and I did legitimately think that that was one of the funnest things in season one. I, I thought I thought that was like genuinely beautiful, and I loved it. Um, so I do see how they use it. I just I just like to bring it up. I also do not like animals with human breasts, so that makes me a little bit angry. I think it makes sense in this show because it is an adult show, and a lot of it is like deals explicitly with like sexualization and sexuality. But it bothers me because it's a trope that's, like, so often continued to be used within children's animated movies where they're like, these are all fun animals, but hey, the women have breasts and makeup, and you're like, they're literal gophers. Yeah, they don't need this. Yeah, so I, I like, understand it in the context of this show, but I did just want to bring it up as a thing that genuinely, generally makes me angry. Um, So... There is no reason other than I'm angry that I wanted to say that, but I did want to bring it up. Um, and I do think that, like, this is... I did want to ask if you were mad at the show because they made you listen to Andrew Lloyd Webber. I... <laughs> I thought it was funny because of the context, so I allowed it. I, I like when people make fun of Andrew Lloyd Webber, and I do think that this was kind of making fun, especially because Bojack had to listen to it, like, so often and was so clearly <laughs> fed up with it. I was like, yes, me too, friend. I also would not want to listen to Cats the Musical on repeat. Thank you very much. So I did I did enjoy that. I think it was also like the first moment where the show kind of acknowledged the the like, you know, like the the animal humor. I was like, okay, that is funny. There is a moment where a cow, they are at a diner and they order milk and a cow puts a cup under her breast and goes, and like squeezes out milk. And that made me deeply uncomfortable, (laughs) which is when I wrote down the note that I was really upset that they all had human breasts because they're animals. But again, it was also a way of showing the world building and showing that like they are acknowledging the fact that these things do come from the animals that are characters. So it wasn't just like, you know, glossed over. So I, I do think that it's interesting, but I, I do remember watching it and pausing it and then immediately writing down the note that I was like, why do they all have human breasts? Oh my god. And then I told Larry about that scene. So it stuck with me, which I guess is the point. So good job, Bojack. <laughs> they did it. That that does sound like exactly how I think you would react to that. Yeah, you know me very well. So I'm glad that I got to got to bring that up today. All right. Uh, is this a show you would recommend, or at least from season hard. one? I think it's kind of hard after the first season. I, I mean, it's definitely a very adult show, and I'm trying to think of like the people that I know that I recommend shows to, and I don't think that I really have. I don't think that it's one that I would recommend to like my friends or family. In all honesty, um, 
And I think a lot of that just kind of, honestly, I think a lot of that comes from the fact that this year has just been really hard. And I think a lot of people are searching for media that is a little bit more comforting. And this is definitely not a show that is comforting. Like you said, like it's best taken in in small bites. I do think that it is a very well crafted show. And I do think that it is speaking to larger issues in a in a way that does take them very seriously. Like it's not making fun of these people. It is it is genuinely showing them as as like difficult and complicated and broken but trying individuals. Um so I do respect them for kind of the the humanity they give to these broken people. That being said, it is still a show about broken people. So if that's something that is going to be hard for you to watch like it is for me, I would probably not recommend it unless you're looking to step a little bit outside of your comfort zone. That's, I think that's absolutely fair. Uh, this is a show, given that I have the context of the entire show, Yeah, uh, it's a little hard for me to <laughs> not want to recommend it. Yeah, well, it's good to have the two the two contexts of like, I am just speaking from the first season, but you are speaking from the entire show. So I think it's, it is good to know that like we're both coming at it from those different like points of reference. Absolutely. I mean, given just season one, I think season one is honestly one of the worst seasons of the show. I, I, I don't is- think that season one is representative of just how good this show can be. Yeah, honestly, I think that that's the best way for it to go, though. Like, I think shows that start off really strong and then fall off on the weaker end near the end are much more difficult to recommend that shows that start off a little bit weaker and then grow because it shows that they're developing, they're developing forward. That's absolutely fair. Right? I don't, I don't think that there is a single unwatchable episode of BoJack Horseman. I, I do think that each and every episode has its value, and you. Upon rewatch, there's a ton of just small, minute details in the way that the characters interact with each other that become so much more impactful later on, even in some of the worst episodes of the season. So I I don't want to say that I wouldn't recommend season one of BoJack Horseman. I do think it, it is an adult show. I'm not going to recommend this to anyone underage or without appropriate parental supervision or guidance but if you are of an age where you can consume this and understand what's happening it's at some point in your life absolutely worth the watch yeah it's also like not just in terms of the the content in terms of like the sex and the swearing and the substance abuse but like the themes are very adult in in nature in terms of sort of struggling to figure out your path and like falling into loneliness having being kind of like washed out so I like I know that I had a lot of friends who watched it in college but I'm thinking about it and like I I don't feel like I would have connected to literally any of it if I were watching it in in my like youthful college years where I'm like the world is ahead of me oh yay um, <laughs> whereas like now at the ripe age of 25 the the, the jaded 25 year old just kidding but like I, I do think that a lot of like, a lot of it explicitly deals with the struggles of being an adult. Um, and I think that that's kind of awesome, because a lot of shows don't... Like, they have adult characters, but the struggles are maybe with, like, I don't know, career or being a parent. But, like, this is explicitly 
things that like even I am kind of starting to struggle with as somebody who like is not a washed up actor and doesn't drink or like do anything bad. Um, so I was surprised by that and I, I do I do really value that, but I, I would definitely recommend this to an adult audience, not just because of like the themes that maybe younger people might not be ready for, um, or like the content, but specifically because of the themes. Like I think it, it holds a lot more meaning for somebody who is older. And that's okay. Yeah. I think this is definitely a show I would recommend if you are looking for something that has that depth, that has intense conflict and flawed characters. It's not a show I would put on just to cheer myself up. It's definitely a show that (laughs) I do need some amount of buffer in between certain episodes to really like collect myself and be able to move forward. But I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. No, not at all. I think that... Like, that's why we have, like, that, that is the good bit of the, like, variety, right? Like, it's it's important to be able to have these shows that you consume in different spaces and different moments and when you're, like, ready for them in different ways. I would also say that if you have a friend who's like, Haha, animations for kids, show them this show. Shove it in their face. Just be like, Yeah, this is definitely a show that takes that concept and just throws it right out of the window. Yep, which is so good because that is a thing that I have heard many people say. So now nobody has an excuse to say that because they can just watch BoJack. And if anybody comes back to you and is like, this is still a kid show, then there is something seriously wrong with them. And they they need to consider some other larger questions in their life other than whether or not animation is a thing for kids or adults. But I think it's very clear in the way that this show is written and the way that the show is presented that that is something that the creators very much had in mind. Yeah. And I do think that choosing them to be animal I, I, like, plays off of that, too. I actually like don't know offhand, earlier. but I believe there's an interview with the, the creator of the show where he explicitly states, like, we, we wanted this to show that animation is not just a kid's medium, to show that animation is can tell deep and compelling stories. So, moving forward, we will be discussing BoJack Horseman with some fairly heavy spoilers. Uh, If you've not seen the show, the show is a Netflix original. It is all six seasons are currently available to watch on Netflix. Uh, And honestly, if you want to enjoy the show, definitely check it out before moving forward here. Um, I think we can start fairly light. Let's start with like, I think there's there's a lot of the humor in this show that works for me. Honestly, one of my favorite bits that becomes a running theme in the show is the use of alliteration oh interesting say more about that (laughs) like i think the line of um what's, what's a good line that really gets me you do not simply steal a meal from neil mcbeal the navy seal i think that's one line that gets me almost every single time wouldn't that be rhyming, though, not alliteration? Just to be a stickler in <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. That is rhyming okay. and not alliteration. But there are other there are other examples of actual alliteration in the show. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's cool. I'm into that. I love alliteration, <laughs> and I never knew how to title my essays when I was in high school. So I would just have two-word titles that were, like, alliteration to be like, I thought about this a little bit. So that's me. But I do really like that. And also that was, that was, that specific episode was one where I was like, oh, hey, 
I agree with the things that they're saying here, which made me a little bit mad because I was I was expecting to just like actively because that's an earlier episode. I think that's that's episode two. I want to say like the second one. Yeah, yeah. it's really early. Um, and like Bojack goes on this rant about sort of like the way that that we as a society perceive the troops, and I was just like nodding along, and I was like, yeah, and then I was like, oh my god, <laughs> like I this just is... agreed with with Bojack, and I like have already gone into the show actively disliking him. Just, just from, like, my own previous perceptions of the show and him as a character. So, But I think I, that that's an episode that also, like, highlights that Bojack can be a good person. Bojack does have some amount of values that are genuine and can be upheld. Despite yeah. him just being an outright horrible person and doing horrible things, there is something in him that you can agree with. Yeah, exactly. And it also shows that he is that he is capable of like thought and analysis, which is something that I really value in individuals. So like that was a moment where I was like, oh, like he's actively showing characteristics that I look for in people and respect in people. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And it, it did. I also kind of think that that episode set up the thing that this the specific thing that the show does that I really, really like, where it has characters just like make uh, and this one is not as casual because he's like yelling at a camera, I believe, like being filmed. But like characters all the time, specifically, um, oh my god, I'm so bad with names. Uh, the ghostwriter, holy shit. Diane Nguyen. Yep, yeah, yep. Goddamn, that is such an easy name to remember. Uh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> um, but like Diane does it a lot where she'll just like make a casual statement that is like this biting social criticism that is just like said in passing. And is, like, often quite short. I think she's done it a couple times in terms of, like, gender expectations, specifically. Yep. But I, I, I do really like that. And that and is it, like, again, goes... And that is not something that they shy away from in the later seasons, either. Yeah. And I, I just like the kind of, like... Like, it's, it's funny because, you know, like, you're always told... Well, or I guess I was always told when you're, when you're uh, like, writing something, they're like, show, don't tell. And this is a really great example of when the show just, like, tells, and it just works so fantastically. Because you're like, yep, that's life. You've just said it in a sentence. <laughs> Clap and say it again louder for the people in the back who didn't hear. And I, 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 do, I do really like that. That is something that I really like about the writing um, that I think I first noticed in that episode and then kind of picked up on in other ones. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Yeah, and I, I do think that that episode specifically also gives a fairly good example of how people react to statements like that. Yeah, Because exactly. the media will just latch on to whatever the last bad thing they heard was and not really analyze the statement as a whole. Yeah. So again, like, social criticism in telling and then also in showing the responses for, for the statement and also, like, the reason that it was said. So it like balances the show balances both. Also, he was a Navy SEAL and he was a SEAL. <laughs> Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL. You do not steal a meal from Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL. Yes, yes, I do. I I do appreciate the little animal puns. I am a sucker for puns. I think they are so great. So, I do again. Like the humor varies so much from like little animal puns to like rhymes to. What, what I thought you were going to say for your favorite bit was the three kids in the trench coat. 
because I, I, rem- I like saw that pop up and I was like, I was like, oh my God, like, I bet this is one of Andy's favorite things about this show in terms of just like the humor. I was like, this is like, this is so, this just screams something that would make Andy laugh. And it's just like, <laughs> no one in the show addresses the fact that he's just three kids in a trench coat. It's great. With like a broom hand. <laughs> I'm off to new business stuff. Business. And that he's voiced by um Allison Brie, which I just, I, I do think the voice acting of the show is really fantastic. Oh, um, the voice acting is spectacular. I think Will Arnett knocks it out of the park in some scenes. Yeah, I don't think that Will Arnett is capable of not sounding like an asshole, so he was cast perfectly for this show. But he also is able to, like, really sit down and make, and, like, have that, like, drastic change from comedy to serious drama, and he just does mm-hmm. it so well. Yeah, for sure. Like, when he's sitting down for the audition for Secretariat, and they're, they're like, yeah. this, like half-assed reading of oh so you're getting your coffee you're getting you're just running and like like and then he's reacting and he gives this like very nuanced performance about running from nothing like it is nothing that he fears and it's very clear that it's coming from somewhere deep in bojack like that is something that he genuinely believes and he sees Secretariat as this like huge role model and you get that all from this just one reading and it's it's genuinely amazing. Yeah, I did think that was a really powerful scene too. I also really enjoyed the bit about Andrew Garfield hating oh Mondays God. and loving lasagna. Yes. Yes. I that literally happened and I was like, they can't have done that. Like that's too stupid. <laughs> no, and then they did and I was like, good. is it stupid or is it great? It's pro it's pretty great. It's pretty great. I also find it really funny, just like again, because like you mentioned, they they do kind of I guess in the in the later seasons, like they acknowledge the fact that these characters are animals, but it's also just not mentioned in a lot of ways. Like when they cast a human for the role of Secretariat in the Secretariat film, and you're like, wait, <laughs> wait, what? No, that happens in the real world all the time. Exactly, I think that's like a I'm very good representation now. of things like Scarlett Johansson being Ghost in the Shell. In what? Yeah, okay. So I said it out loud and then immediately was like, wait a minute, that is actually something that I do value in um in terms of like, you know, what Hamilton did in terms of like, you know, casting people of color in historically white roles. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I'm all for casting someone who does the job well in a role regardless of the representation that they are looking to fill i absolutely understand that i'm all for it there are definitely times where it feels like it is being done just for the money we are attaching a name to something and we are taking a role from someone who is of an underrepresented minority who could potentially do just as well or better. And I think that that specific scene in BoJack Horseman is a very good representation of that, where it's, here's someone who is of that race, or, or of that species in this case, who has given a performance that has proven that they can do just as good or better than any other actor that has come in. They literally say this, you are the last one, we are tired of seeing it. He gives his performance and they are moved by it and then as soon as they they hear that big name actor said yes they move on to that 
And that happens all the time in real life. Uh, are there any other good bits that you enjoyed? Um, I think my main ones were the Jellicle Cat song. <laughs> did you did you enjoy the the Beyonce bit where he was throwing out all the singles? I did appreciate that, and I also do very much appreciate the the kids in the trench coat. I do find that hysterical. So yeah, those were the things that I that were like lighter for me. Where I was like, okay, this is. This is showing me sort of like the sides that aren't just super heavy. I do want to talk about episode eight. Okay, you're going to have to remind me which one that one is. Um, This is one of the first episodes that really solidified in my mind just how deep this show can be. I think this is an episode that does a very good job at giving you a very serious and deep storyline while having the comedy of this show act as a sort of buffer throughout um so just to make sure that i'm remembering correctly that is the first one where we really where we get to know who herb is in relation to bojack right yes okay and that that is a relationship that we do get to see a lot more in the later seasons and it is just on rewatch it is much more heartbreaking just seeing that that friendship sort of collapse around him yeah. And I think it's it's very interesting to have this episode follow I don't believe it's a direct follow, but it is it is just after the Boston episode that ends with Bojack telling Diane that closure is this made up thing that Steven Spielberg made to sell movie tickets. <laughs> yeah. And then having this episode end with Bojack demanding someone give him the closure that he needs and acknowledging that closure is something that is important to him. Yeah. So it it very much shows how Bojack can say things and act like he's trying to be the, the better person and act like he knows what he's saying, but in reality, he needs the thing. He needs the things that he says he doesn't. And he's not in control or in full control of his world or what he wants and needs Mm -hmm. which again is a very adult thing (laughs) to really come to terms with actually a little side tangent how did you feel about the boston episode considering we are both um (laughs) (laughs) good good old bostonians we we we, so yeah um nadia and i both grew up in this area i think that this is an episode that i connected with deeply considering a few of the things that I had seen. I was excited about it simply because it meant we were learning more about Diane. So like right off the bat, I was like, oh, okay, interesting. This is going to be a character development episode where we start to see her more in terms of her past instead of just like the present that she lives in. Because that's what we get for Bojack all the time. Like the whole point is that we get this back and forth of him being the star of this TV show versus him as an adult, and we had only ever seen Diane in her current context, so I was like, oh, cool, I'm really excited to learn more about Diane. And, like, I appreciated that. I appreciated that as a moment where we were going to start to get that for another character. Um, so I was just excited about that, like, right off of the bat. Um, <laughs> I think the Boston stuff was also really funny. It made me kind of feel like I was watching a raunchy episode of Cheers. <laughs> was, like, what I kept thinking about because I have recently finished watching Cheers, um, and, like, hearing all of the, the Boston accents and, like, talking about the socks and, like, all that stuff felt really funny. 
No, and that's having grown up in that area, I definitely like resonated with a lot that was being said. Um, I thought it was a little over exaggerated when I initially saw it, and then I spent two years working in South Boston, and I went oh <laughs> what came back to this episode. I was like, no, no, that is that is accurate. Yeah, that's legit. But yeah, at the end of that episode, you do see Bojack going off about closure. And I think that the episode eight is explicitly where you see Bojack's relationship with closure, how much he actually needs it, how much he actually wants it from those around him. And it's an acknowledgement that the show is willing to say, just because this is our main character, we're not going to have people act out of character for his own personal gain Mm -hmm. what bojack did to herb was terrible and the fact that he never followed up with him or even tried to check in on him at any point until after he learned that he was dying really really gave herb every right to not forgive him for what he did oh 100 percent. yeah that it like thousand percent yes and it also just sets up sort of I mean, we've already known that that Bojack deals with things by avoiding them. That's his entire that's his entire adult shtick, and that's like part of where I think you know, like his alcoholism and stuff comes into play, um, and his you know, like need for finding a romantic partner and like all that stuff. But it was interesting to see that come into play before he was involved with any of that stuff as like the root right like he he is struggling because he isn't able to to deal head on with any of the issues that he is dealing with personally or any of the mistakes that he's made so he just kind of avoids them until he can't anymore and that's when shit blows up yeah One thing about this episode also is that this show, while it is geared towards an adult audience, does not use the F word a whole lot. The F word is limited to about once per season, and it generally comes from a character whose relationship Bojack destroys. And this is the episode where that F-bomb is dropped, and it is after Bojack apologizes does not get his forgiveness, and pushes for that forgiveness. And I think that that's extremely... It it shows that the writing for this show is very well done. They're willing to be completely conservative with their use of what would generally be an overused word in an adult show like this. And it really shows where and how Bojack is most likely going to fuck up with his relationships Mm. and it just makes that those moments so much more impactful yeah this is also like this is the show that really shows the depth of how your how your actions impact others particularly in terms of looking at bojack and herb and how how devastating it was for herb to not have bojack anymore and the choice that bojack made to kind of cut him out which is well done, but it's also part of the reason why I have a really hard time watching the show. This show this show also has a running theme of history affecting things. Either it, it being generational history, there's a lot of impact in terms of how 
Bojack treated him, and you see a bit of that when Diane is talking to him about his book and his relatively abusive mother and father. Uh, you see that with Diane and yeah. her not-so-great family. And they they definitely delve deeper into how who you are and what you do can be affected by who you've come in contact with and how they've affected you. And it's it lends to some very powerful storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, you know, like really understanding the impact of actions is so, so important and something that a lot of people really struggle with throughout life. So like to have that be a main premise of an adult show, I think is really powerful because we've never really reached the point where we, I don't think, are able to be as perfectly empathetic as I, you know, hope everyone could be because it's it's really hard it's really hard to understand from other people's perspectives it's really hard to understand how what you do impacts the things that you don't see it's hard and it's something that people strive for and work at and grow on throughout their lives and it's something that is that needs to be a constant I think active pursuit in terms of how we grow and I also think it's it's powerful that Bojack shows that I don't know the like academic way of saying this, but like the ripple effect where like Bojack's upbringing has impacted the way that he is and then the way that he interacts with other people has large implications on the way that their lives turn out and and how they are able or not able to grow. Um, So it like really shows this expanding, like, I don't know how to say it, like this expanding importance of the way that we treat people and how large of an effect that reaches beyond just yourself. Yeah, and speaking of actions that have deep consequences, how how did you feel about Todd's rock opera? Oh, fuck that episode. Andy, literally <laughs> that episode started, and I was like, I know exactly how this is going to happen, and then it happened that way, and I was infuriated. Wait, you knew that Bojack Horseman would hire character actress Margot Martindale to trick Todd into delving into an addictive video game? I studied English, Andy. I am a very intuitive viewer of media. I, so, I didn't yes, I didn't realize exactly. that character actress Margot Martindale had her own foreshadowing within oh, the Oh, I mean, if you really pay media. attention to the earlier episodes, <laughs> she crops up all the time. No, but I, like, that specific, like, that is the, spe- that is a perfect example of, like, the exact thing that I have a hard time with. And that is when somebody who is struggling for very legit reasons, right? Like, Bojack is, is struggling, and that's important. Yeah, Bojack has a fear of being alone, and he has a and has a hard time admitting it and talking about it. Yeah, and that is that is a legitimate and powerful fear. But like, when a character or a person or a character actress or a character actress when their decisions are so detrimental to somebody who is otherwise really trying, like it just rips my heart apart, and I. Because it's not like, I I, uh, I don't know how to say it, but like that specific episode was, I was like, this is the reason why I didn't want to watch this show. Because of choices like this and impacts like this and moments where like somebody who, who is trying to do things right, who is trying to pursue his rock opera and the thing that he dreamed about is harmed so powerfully because of a character's detrimental decisions like that specifically 
is what makes me so sad. And I'm pretty sure like the same thing happens in Magic Mike. Not like the exact same thing, but like <laughs> it is a similar it is a similar thing where like somebody I think I don't know, I think it's Mike. I don't remember. Again, I don't like the movie, but like one of the characters is sort of like falling into this pit and they make some choices that then impact somebody else who is like doing okay and end up pulling them down. And it's not as like drastic or life changing because again it is a movie about male strippers, but like but then again this is a show about a horse, so <laughs> clearly that doesn't seem to matter in terms of how heavy heavy a thing can be, the premise. Um But yeah, that episode made me really, really upset. No, I, I absolutely understand that. And I do think that this episode does a very good job of setting up your subversion of expectations for things later on in the show. I think Bojack going through this and doing so successfully makes it feel as though his later plot to ruin Diane's wedding through a very similar plan also involving character actress Margot Martindale. What a it, it makes you think that this will they won't they dynamic between him and Diane is going to work out in his favor. And like if you've watched any romantic comedy from the past however many years, that's that would work in in those cases. But when it doesn't, it makes you realize that like they're real people they're dealing with real things and i do think in a lesser show that will they won't they would end in a they will yeah and i'm very grateful that it doesn't here oh god yeah god god no that would be <laughs> that would be horrible god and, if and the one... season ended and bojack had like stopped the wedding and diane had been like you are a good person i want to be with you let's grow together i would have I would have smashed my computer and I would have found a way to drive down to you safely and I would have punched you in the face. <laughs> and been like, Why did you recommend this show to me? You know, I would have deserved that. But yeah, again, they are making it not that, which is good. Because no. And one thing that I really do appreciate about the way that this show is written is each season has its own contained story. The The conflicts and issues that arise, or at least the main ones that arise throughout the course of the season are resolved by the end. And it's, it's structured in a way that the second to last episode of every season is somewhat close to what one would consider a season finale some something extremely intense and relevant to either bojack or another main character's backstory is revealed and it, it is generally very deep and grounded and then the the final episode ties up the knots and then sets up issues for the next season yeah, I actually do really, really like that because it does, it does the, it, it prevents the thing that we've talked about before where in, and this is typically again of like shows geared for younger audience members, but like where the big finale happens and it's the very last episode and then the next season starts and it's kind of like forgotten that the finale happened and it like takes place at a period ahead where time has passed 
and like the finale it takes a couple of episodes to rear back into the large storyline that like the finale set up in the previous season so I do really like the pacing of having something that that is a transition where you get that moment where like yes this this thing has been wrapped up and this big thing has happened but here's how we're gonna move that into what's coming next and I did actually have to double check in the, in the last episode that I hadn't accidentally started the second season because I am so used to that structure, like you said, where like the big reveal is what happens at the very end and then the tie-up happens some way, like somewhere mid-next season that I was like, oh crap, did, did, I, did I like, did I keep watching by accident? <laughs> um because it, it is, it's like, it's very similar, but it's just slightly different enough in pacing that it like caught me a little bit off guard, which is good. Like, I like it when shows take the time to actually think about, uh, I just, lo- I love structure and I love thinking about structure so much, particularly in terms of writing, but I just like, I respect it so much when a show doesn't just follow a specific structure or take that structure for granted, but like genuinely thinks about the pacing and timing that makes the most sense for the specific story that they're telling and then executes it with that structure counter to what you would typically expect and i i i have so much care for that because it means that they one understand the original structure have thought about the purpose that that original structure serves have connected it to the story that they are trying to tell and have analyzed whether or not that structure will work and then build something that will fit their story better and that takes so much thought and care and like intelligence that i like that that alone, like, that is something I deeply, deeply respect the show for. Yes, and that is something that follows through all six seasons. The The second to last episode is always very intense and world-building episode that actively delves into a character in the show. And I, I, I think that most of the episode 11s are honestly some of the best of the seasons. Mm-hmm. I guess it's technically episode 15 for the last season. Oh, okay. That one's a little bit longer. We could ignore that for now. <sighs> how, how dare you mislead me? What were your thoughts on that episode specifically? Um, so <laughs> that's the one. I I get some of the numbers confused, especially in terms of the, the Herb storyline, because again, so much of it is like connected. Um, So specifically, which one is 11? Uh, that is the one where Bojack decides that he's going to write a better book than Diane, and then mm. him, Sarah Lynn, and Todd go on this huge drug trip. Oh, yeah. Is, does that one end with him? Is it this one or the next one where he confronts Diane and is like, am I a good person? That That is the one that ends with him confronting Diane and asking Okay, if he's okay. A good I just want to make sure that I'm not blending the two together, because I think I watched those one after another. Um so i had a hard time with the visuals of the drug trip that was a little bit intense for me some of the like more body humor stuff in all honesty but i i I like this is totally random and not connected to the plot but i really like the scene where he was just in a world and there were no outlines and he was like why don't i have any outlines i thought that this is one of the, the first episodes that actively plays around with the animation and i genuinely love how they do that yeah, I enjoyed a lot of that. I didn't like like the gross like body stuff that happens um with some of the trip stuff, but again, that's like my personal things that I don't like. I wasn't sure if the book was ultimately going to get published, and I'm really glad that it did. Like that was an episode again where you can see 
like you can see Bojack being an intelligent person. You can see him actively understanding, actively understanding what like at the root of his actions was, which at this you know at this point was he just wants people to to like him because he's worried that if they see his real life that he won't have that they won't like who he is because he doesn't like who he is and he knows that um and i thought that was powerful in like seeing character do that type of self-reflection and understand what is at the root of his actions and it's also like that's a very vulnerable thing too like the moment because i feel like so much of both like he's again he spent so much time with diane kind of like trying not to show his childhood or like his vulnerabilities and that moment where he approaches her and is just like am i a good person i need you to i need need you to tell this to me like i i have to know that's all i want i thought that that was that was really powerful because i again like i spend so much time disliking him and then to have a moment where i'm like you are putting yourself out there and you are taking a step like those moments are important and that was one of those moments i think that there's this there's this dynamic between bojack and diane where Diane is doing her job. She's writing down the stories that Bojack is telling her and putting pen to paper and doing her best to write a story that is representative of who Bojack is. Whereas Bojack is developing this connection with Diane where he sees her as almost larger than life and and begins to value her opinion above all others. So when he does initially read the story that paints himself in a negative light, he's not seeing it as a representation of who he is. He's seeing it as a representation of what Diane thinks about him. And that's what hurts him the most. Having like the people in his life who he's grown to care for see him as a not good person. Yeah. Which I thought it was really powerful when he specifically asked, like, do you think I can get better? Because he wasn't just like, am I a good person now? I think he specifically, and correct me if I'm remembering this wrong, but he specifically asks if she thinks that he can, that he can become better. Which is an acknowledgement that he is not in the place where he wants to be. And is also like a beautiful acknowledgement of, of growth, right? Like he's admitted at that point, and we all know it, like he's not in a good place. He is not a good person where he is. Oh, absolutely. And it, it's it's honestly heart-wrenching hear, just hearing that absolute silence. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then we get that follow-up with the last episode where they they get to have a conversation about it. And that's how it ends. Or that's not how it ends, but that's a big part of it. And I really liked what she said where she was like, I don't think that we are good or bad. I think we are the decisions that we make. Yeah, and that goes back to how this show really has a running theme of being held accountable for your actions. Yeah, because you can have the best intentions and you can do something that, like, devastates people. And at that point, like, regardless of what you think you're doing, you have hurt others. And that's the thing that we should focus on fixing. Like, we shouldn't focus on justifying what we have or have not done. We should focus on acknowledging the impact of the choices that we've made and then fixing it working to make it better. Like, I am actively interested in watching more of this, which is not what I expected, because I can see that this show is in many ways what I look for in a show. It is a very character-driven show. It is a show that explicitly deals with self-growth and relationships. It just deals with all of those things in a, I, 
I guess, much more like adult and cynical way that I'm than I would typically look for. It's a much more realistic way than what you would typically look for. Yes, but I don't I don't just think that because it is darker or heavier, it is necessarily more realistic. I think that and I guess I'm just kind of defensive because the stuff that I tend to watch is lighter and I see a tremendous amount of value in that stuff. So I do get frustrated when like and you get this in the Academy Awards all the time, like the dark gritty drama is always going to win over something else, even if I think that that other thing has so much more value and is crafted in such a better way. So I, I like, immediately get defensive when I'm like, just because it's serious doesn't mean it's better. No, I, I absolutely agree with you. And, and, like, you know full well that, like, one of the main reasons I started this was to show shed a light on properties that do a very good job of that without getting into darker elements. Exactly, and I... I like, again, if we're talking about self growth, I do have an area where I need to grow, which is like opening myself up to different types of stories, because I am I am essentially feeding myself the single story that I'm comfortable with, in terms of shows that, you know, are lighter and, you know, happier, and more generally like, yay, things will work out. So I do think that watching the show is like a weird moment where I am able to grow a little bit and kind of think more critically about the stuff that I watch and also find value in things that I didn't necessarily think that I would find value in. Um, So like on a personal level, I weirdly appreciate the fact that I started watching it just to like pat myself on the back, but also not really because (laughs) I'm only watching it because you told me to. So I'm going to pat you on the back, I guess. Yay. I like that, Pex. Yay, Andy. Good job. I did a good thing. You did, but I'm like genuinely impressed and I'm genuinely surprised and I I'm, like, gonna genuinely look forward to watching the next season. So, all in all, you changed my mind. (laughs) I still stand by a lot of the things that I have a hard time with, with the show specifically, but I also am starting to understand the reasons why they're there. So while I may not personally like watching them, I understand the need for them to be a part of the narrative, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, so surprisingly yay bojack what are your thoughts on bojack's little uh little potential future that he set up for himself in terms of with secretariat oh oh my god i forgot about that that's in that episode the like yeah. future where he's with um oh my god again no names charlotte and they have a daughter yes harper right okay <laughs> This is a weird little thing, but I had such a hard time just, like, imagining him as a good person again because Will Arnett just sounds like an (laughs) asshole. So he was, like, doing all this, like, wholesome outdoorsy stuff, and I was like, I still want to punch him in the face. And it's solely because of his voice actor, which, again, I think is beautifully classed, but, like, that kind of pulled me out of it for a minute because I was like, I can't, I cannot seriously take this voice as somebody who was, like, a wholesome dad. Like, I just, I can't, I couldn't do it. I honestly thought of you when I when I saw that scene and I saw Bojack just being like the whole like when when Harper's like do you would you be my friend if you were my age and he's like that depends do you like chocolate chip cookies and the color green and I was like that's that's so wholesome it is it is and it was very sweet um just fucking Will Arnett man like that that guy just <laughs> sounds like such a douche But it also, like, hit home to me because I also struggle with, like, thinking about 
the outcomes of decisions that I have made and the way that the outcomes would be different if the decision that I had made would be different. And I can like totally spiral out of control thinking about like all of the billion different things that like could have happened that won't happen or that like because of what I have decided to, to do or not to do. So I think that that was like a powerful moment for me where I really connected to kind of like what Bojack was doing emotionally in terms of crafting this life for himself that he again like thinks he would have had but also nothing ever fucking turns out the way that you want it to so you know who who knows what actually would have happened had he gone off with her like their, their life could be anything and I would actually be really curious if and I like don't think that they're gonna do this but I would be really curious to see like an alternate reality episode where we do see his life had he made the single decision to go out with her and maintain a relationship with Herb to see I don't know like the other the other the other side of that dream like the reality of it kind of I don't know if that makes any sense I think that would make for a pretty good fan fiction honestly right like I think that would be really interesting to see how our understanding of Bojack as a character would carry into like yes these small decisions have been changed but also ultimately like you are the same person and you have the same fears and like you're also living in the same world that feeds off of celebrity and wealth and all of these things that he still would have had after leaving the show yeah and i i might be speaking from a position of having a lot more information than you do but <laughs> you have the same history you have the same exactly. abusive parents, you have the same upbringing, you have the same everything that got you to this point that made up a majority of who you are. Yeah, and I'm, I, like, I, I don't want to get into that. I don't know like the actual philosophical term for this, but like the whole, deter is it determinism? Which is like everything is predetermined and like your, your choices and actions don't matter. Um, nihilism? Like I, nihilism? I don't know. Some, somebody correct me. What philosophy am I talking about here? I believe you're talking um, about nihilism. Nihilism? Okay. Like, I don't want to get into this nihilistic headspace of, like, this is Bojack, and no matter the decisions he makes, he will always be Bojack, because at the end of the day, like, yes, his past will always be his past, and his fears will always be his fears, but I think the, the takeaway for me is that it is not just the impact of a single action, which is what that vision kind of puts forth. It is, it is the impact of the active choices you continue to make moving forward. So it's not it's not just about a single moment, it's about your constant striving to achieve who you want to be, which again is 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 always going to be a lifelong process, which I think is the the point, right? Like you're never going to change your past, but I do think that you have the power to shift the trajectory of your life. It's just not going to happen because of a single choice. It's going to happen because of a life of choices. Absolutely. Which again, right? Like I'm impressed. These are big things to be thinking about. <laughs> Good things for a show to, to dive into. Yeah, and honestly, I think for this show, it only goes up from here. Okay. I am a little bit worried because I did, Larry did walk in on me watching Bojack and he was obviously, he was like, you're watching Bojack? And I was like, yeah. He was very surprised because again, this is not a show that I would have probably watched on my own. And he was like, oh, where are you? And I said season one and he just kind of started laughing. <laughs> and I was like, oh crap, like, I'm sure that that means it's gonna get heavier as we go along. And also because we're gonna start caring about the characters more, which obviously, like, lends to a larger impact of what happens. Absolutely. Um, so I'm a little nervous. I'm also wondering how I'm gonna feel after six seasons of seeing 
Bojack, depending on like how much he does or does not change in terms of the forward trajectory, because I'm sure we're going to see him go through a lot of cycles of, again, like moments where he grows and moments where he falters and moments where he progresses. Um, but I, I'm really curious and also kind of nervous to see season one Bojack versus season six Bojack. So. No, I think I think you will be happy with the amount of character progression you see throughout the entire show. Okay, I'm into that. That's that was one of the main things that I was worried wouldn't happen. I was really worried that that he would just be stuck in this loop. Um, yeah. No. Okay. Season six, Bojack is a very different character from season one, Bojack, almost to the point where some of his actions in season one feel out of character. Oh, interesting. Okay, I'm super into that. That is probably one of the most reassuring things you ever could have said to me. Because <laughs> that that was legitimately like that was a huge concern for me. I was I was so worried that that wouldn't be the case for someone who values character development so highly. I think that this is a show that you would definitely latch onto in the in the later seasons. I think yeah. one of one of my worries was that you would not want to continue past season one because I don't think season one is the most representative of just how good this show can be with its character development. But you got me hooked. A little bit. Here we are. <laughs> but here we are. I think we I think we're over the hump. I think keep going. I think moving forward, you're definitely going to be much more and more on on top of this show. Yeah, I'm excited. This is like weirdly unexpected for me. I I think it's because I like kind of connected it in my head, and this is a totally different show. But I like connected it in my head with kind of like Rick and Morty in terms of being another adult show that deals with these characters who are kind of horrible and make horrible decisions. And, like, I, I tried really hard with Rick and Morty. Like, I watched multiple seasons, and I, like, couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I think that what I'm getting at is that there is forward momentum, and it might happen in, like, a wibbly-wobbly squiggly line that goes back and goes up and down, but it does, it does move forward. And that was, that's pretty much all I needed to know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good enough. Yay! Given that we are moving into the month of March... Next week, we will be creating a March Madness bracket involving the top 32 DreamWorks animated productions. I have generated a bracket that has been seeded with each of these. Uh, The seeds are based off of their ratings in Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic, and IMDb, respectively. Uh, I've done my best to try and make sure that these seeds are representative of the films as a whole, uh, as well as how they have been received critically. Uh, We will be discussing the first eight matches next week, the next eight matches the week after, and then we will be hoping to finish out the rest of the seating after that Woo! i'm ready to fight oh oh i'm ready i'm ready to fight about which one we think is best (laughs) are you i'm ready Mm -hmm. to fight i'll bring my boxing gloves for our next episode this bracket i will make sure to have in the episode description uh i will also be sure to post it on our twitter if you'd like to fill it out please feel free that being said we have been animation meditation you can find us at animedpod at gmail and twitter i'm super excited for march madness this is great. <laughs> if you have 
any questions, any comments, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, fill out your predictions if you'd like. I'm happy yeah. to. I'm very interested in seeing where this goes. I am very, I am very excited. Also, there are a lot of movies here I haven't actually seen. So that's going to be fun. Oh, same. I'm I'm assuming that a good portion of these films that I have not seen are not going to be good. Oh, no. DreamWorks is so funny. I find them hysterical because they're like so hit or miss. So I'm, I'm like pretty, I'm pretty into this. Yes. Anyway, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.